0: to another episode of the Extensible Podcast. I am Christopher McClinton, your host, CMO of Finzact. I'm really happy about this topic that we're going to be talking about today. I'm a payments guy. Prior to joining Finzact, I spent a lot of time in that space, and it's a really exciting one. There's tremendous opportunity of adding value to transactions coming and going. Increasingly, we're seeing banking and finance be embedded into customer experiences in very thoughtful and helpful ways, And today, we're going to be talking with one of our leaders in in our payments area, Kevin Marin, who is a senior product manager, about what Finzact's doing to be useful in that space for our clients. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here, uh, Kevin. And maybe if you don't mind just talking to us a little bit about yourself and and perhaps what you were doing uh, prior to getting, joining Finzac and what you're doing now.
1: Sure thing. And then, hey, Christopher, thanks for having me on the podcast. So I listened to the first two episodes, so I hope I can follow up. They've been pretty strong content so far. For everyone listening, I'm Kevin Marin, Senior Product Manager at Finzac, and my main area of product is payments. Finzac payments really covers money movement and kind of cards as an offshoot too, but really today we want to focus on the payment side of things. Prior to coming to Finzac, I've been at Finzac for about four years now, and prior to coming to Finzac, I was working for Citibank, so kind of big Big bank, big company environment. I was in a rotational leadership program of there. So I actually came in to the workforce with a computer science degree as a software developer. Uh, pretty quickly through rotating through a couple of different positions, realized that that was not where I wanted to be long-term career-wise. I like to be talking to people in meetings, kind of working on people live in, in design sessions a little bit more than the development environment was there. Got out of there and quickly fell in love with product management. was able to work with some of the leaders in that organization with product management that led to my first role there. Primarily in the credit card space, right? We owned the landing screen for when you log into Citibank as a credit card user, that landing screen that shows you all your different account details and a couple of subscreens. So that was kind of tipping my toe in the world of product management and getting more accustomed to cards, And then taking on some kind of side projects because, you know, a bank like Citibank has their hands in everything and kind of got a little taste of payments in that aspect there. And then from there, was looking for my next step to keep growing um, in the world of product and really stumbled into this opportunity with Finzac where at that point, it was a core that was interested in trying to stand something up with payments, right? Maybe let's do RTP. That was kind of the idea coming in. It was very raw. And we knew that talking to clients that were wanting to use Finzac as a core that are wanting to move money in some way, shape, or form. A lot of banks don't want to connect directly to the clearinghouse or the Federal Reserve to move money, whether it's via ACH, wires, RTP, right? Or other rails. Um, and that was quickly identified as a gap where if you're using fins Act, this powerful, extremely powerful next generation core for your banking, kind of like brains, why not stand up a direct connection to these clearinghouses so we can utilize a lot of the next gen technology that we have going on to kind of facilitate payments for our, clients now that's where we've been now <laughs> you know we started four years ago it was a far shot from that and there's been a lot of growing pains um coming through actually building a team bringing in subject matter experts that know payments right that have industry experience years of industry experience and operations standing up different payment platforms right for ach wires instant payments you know getting into real-time payments and we've gotten to where we are today we're now a payment rail platform that offers direct connection to the Clearinghouse and the Federal Reserve to send, send payments on behalf of our clients.
0: Well, that's a terrific background, and I'm glad that you found us or we found you. However, that worked out. It worked out really well for us. I remember those days. I think it was like early 2019, we saw uh, the folks at the Clearinghouse getting ready to stand up RTP. And I think it was like Steve Ledford in that gang talking about how wonderful it was going to be, and they were right. And we saw... That sort of coming along and potentially converging with what we were building in terms of a you know a next gen real time core platform and the crazy amazing stuff that can happen when you bring those two things together and I think we'll talk about a little bit about that today. Maybe on the way to that, you could just tell us you know what a little bit more specifically what is Finzact doing in payments and with
1: payments for our clients. Sure. So really what we wanted to roll out as a base concept, right, is there's a lot of different companies that do payments in the market, and there's different ways to kind of brand it as all-inclusive payment solutions. And there's there's different ways to kind of interact with how you create a payment, how you uh, a consumer actually goes in and creates a request to, to move money from point A to point B, right? That's the base of a payment. Then from there, we decide the rails that it gets moved on, how the information gets sent. But at the end of the day, the main service that a lot of those different third parties provide is a direct connection to one of the two major clearinghouses for U.S. payments, right? One of the two major clearinghouses in the U.S., which is the Federal Reserve um, and then the clearinghouse, TCH. Uh, those are kind of, as money moves through the U.S., it moves it moves through those two institutions, right? They both offer their own flavors of ACH, wires, and now instant payments. So for FinSact, it's really offer a base connection so that we have all this information in the core. We have this concept of payments being created in the core, even if we're not communicating with those clearing houses already. And it's make, taking that last mile of, okay, well we have this concept of what a payment should be when it gets posted against the core, right? We already have to know about it to balance GLs, to balance accounts. So where can we go? So we take the information that we have, we actually turn it into the format that it needs to be to move money for a wire, right? It's one format for ACH, it's a notch formatted file. And, and actually stand up those direct connections to the clearinghouses so that the information never has to leave the core theoretically, right? For a bank that's using Finzact as its core, that it wants to send a payment from point A to point B, it can be within the core the entire time. That's kind of the goal, right? To be a complete straight through processor and, and have, a, have a streamlined experience for clients.
0: And then with Finzact maybe you could talk to us a little bit about how the mechanics of it work in terms of taking the form of an order in our language or in our problems and how those payment instructions are kind of bundled up into that and can be rail agnostic. I thought that that was a very creative way you guys went about it, but.
1: Yeah, definitely, that's a great lead in, right? So within FinZACT, what we refer to as the order is kind of like the, the golden child for payments, right? It's what everything comes back to. And boiled down in a sentence, it's an order is a, a rail agnostic set of payment instructions, right? I know I need to send money from point A to point B, or sometimes from point A to point B to point C. There can be multiple parties involved. We have all this information. We have account numbers that need to get credited, debited, amounts. There's all kinds of information that can be associated with, with moving money from point A to point B, you know, whether it's Y or ACH, real-time payment, right? It all boils down to kind of a lot of the same concepts. And we have we have one object within our schema that is called order that, that contains any originator information, counterparty information, intermediary information, account numbers at all those different levels and anything that you can need, any information that you would need to send a payment to, you know, to send money in some way, shape or form that includes, if we have fraud information OFAC check information, it can all be contained in this one object and schema. Then on top of that, we have behaviors that are driven by the network, right? I have an order that's created that I know is going to be ACH. It has a network. Um, setting of ACH, so we have network-specific behaviors that are tied to it as an ACH order flows through the system that are different than how a wire might flow through the system. So kind of we've boiled it down to one agnostic, one rail agnostic object, and then layered on behaviors on top of that. So it's kind of the core concept of a payment is the same no matter how you're getting money from point A to point B.
0: I, and I know your team gets really excited about that architecture, and, and you should, but now talk about, and I think I went at this with 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 Kyle... As well, like benefit the clients and the same with Nathan, how is that translating into something useful for, you know, FI clients?
1: Sure. So one kind of benefit that I touched on a little bit when I talk about straight through processing, right? Information, not leaving the core. If I'm a bank, I can have a customer log in, or a bank ops, you know, a customer in to initiate a wire a bank ops person further that. These are all different systems that are talking to the same, mm-hmm. same banking core. Right. So it's never information is ever actually leaving FINDS Act. It's, you know, it's a consumer front end versus a bank ops back end that's talking to the core via APIs. And then when we get the payment instructions all the way to the point where it gets put into an ACH file in a formatted formatted ACH file to be sent to the clearinghouse. The information never leaves the core. Right? That's kind of one primary one. And then the second benefit that I really like to talk about is more back on that concept of using the order object. There's two main benefits that can come from that. And one is as a third party that's integrating in, if I'm a bank that wants to build my own front end, you know, user experience, um, and then bring in a third party that's going to be kind of when, when bank operators log in, they have a different user experience than they have, you know, as, as me logging in to check my checking account. yeah, They want to have two different players that are going to both play a part in originating payments within the core if we have different payment types that are specific to the different rails, so if all of our ACH schema and APIs are different and then all of our wire schema and APIs are different, RTP, so on and so forth, it gets unnecessarily complicated from an integration standpoint. And when you are billing yourself as an API first, cloud-based, next-generation core, Speed and integrations kind of has to be the name of the game, right? That's one of the ways that we disrupt the financial industry is kind of breaking these norms of way long integration time. So that's one really big plus is when we're talking about changing an order, um, you know, setting it to be on hold so a bank ops person can review or so we can go through maker checker. It's an API call that's five lines, right? It's a matter of knowing how the flows work and, and understanding the correct API integrations at its base, it's, it's a simple, simple concept. So once we have that base layer laid, a lot of the work is already done and integration timelines can really, really speed up.
0: Yeah, that's been an elusive goal, I think, uh, straight through processing as it pertains to payments and a lot of what's been required in the past. You do have an element of batches, kind of either, you know, some additional step, some additional vendor. So what do you see, because this is a really big deal for the industry, and I think increasingly it's, it's going to become more apparent. But as next-gen cores sort of come together with real-time payment networks, there are lots of implications. What do you see as a few of those, perhaps?
1: Sure. It's funny. Batch is kind of like a five-letter word. It's, it's almost like a bad word within Finzact. Not because batch processes are inherently bad, but because our whole nature is real-time posting, right? Getting as close to real-time as we can and having the the long pole be systems that we're interacting with, right? Finzact in of its nature is real-time posting through and through. So when you think about the payments landscape, right, or even the last 10, 20 years, the two dominating rails are ACH and wires. That's how all the movement how all all money moves through the U.S. and really the world, right? We have ACH for kind of small to medium dollar transactions. It's the cheapest way to send a ton of transactions at a time. And then we have wires where we have kind of lower volume, but massive dollar amounts, right? If you want to move $10 million at a time, you're kind of kind of gravitate towards doing a wire. And, And it's really been those two. Um, somewhere where we've seen some disruption there is It started with the clearinghouse, and now the Fed has its own flavor that's coming out as we get into instant payments, right? It's funny. That was kind of the goal for me starting at Finzac was to stand up RTP, real-time payments, which is the clearinghouse's flavor of instant payments. With market conditions and things changing, it's kind of turned into the long-term goal that we're seeing come to fruition this year. Um, but the idea of real-time payments, a payment that actually settles instantly, not next day, not same day, not near real-time, Right. I initiate a credit push to you to pay you $100 for for covering dinner. And and the money actually moves from your bank's clearing account with the clearinghouse to – or from my bank's to yours within 30 seconds of the payment being originated, right? That concept is foreign to payments as a whole. What we've really seen in the past 10 years is this concept of – a mask of the illusion of real time, where money might move via ACH over one or two days, but then balances move in real time, so it kind of looks like that money's moving right away. And when we get to instant payments, that kind of bridges that gap of the money actually moving from account to account. That's held by the clearinghouse, right? As institutions move a lot of money, they have these big accounts that get drawn one way or another. Um, but that money actually moves instantly, and that kind of goes hand in hand with what we kind of do here at Finzac, right? We're real time posting in nature. Everything we want to do is real time. So seeing money actually move in real time, there, it just kind of feels like a natural partnership.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting and welcome uh, that you know we're obviously talking to a lot of financial institutions about the value proposition of a next-gen real-time core, uh, they're getting sort of a helpful nudge from another direction from the obvious and in broad adoption of the the real-time payment networks. Because I mean, effectively, you you might say that a non-real-time core is fundamentally incompatible with a real-time payment network, or incompatible could be a strong word, but the reality is that there's always gonna be, uh, you know, unutilized capacity there. when you start to marry the two, it becomes really um, lots of possibilities and all of them helpful. I think I maybe just would like to hear a little bit about what's next, if you don't mind, from sure, you sure. And your team for Finzac and Finzac Payment Rails, which I just want to put a, a little uh, PSA in for act was first to market in terms of getting banks in the U.S. to implement and get into production with a next-gen core. We have recently become first to market getting our embedded payment rails. This initially is for ACH. Um you know, utilized in production by a client that's running the Finzact core. And there'll be some pretty exciting news about that soon, so stay tuned. But if you don't mind, tell us what's what's next development-wise for Finzact and its uh, payment reels.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really exciting time. Finzact as a whole right now, for the last couple of years, we've been in a really transformative <laughs> exactly. stage. Um, so the last year for payments for us was really about setting that groundwork, getting our baseline connections for ACH through the clearinghouse, for wires through the Federal Reserve, and now currently working on standing up that connection for the Clearinghouse for real-time payments. So the idea is getting that baseline connection done so we have MVP releases, we can process payments through any of those rails, full scope of capabilities. And, and really the focus is, is pretty um, simple use cases for banks, right? Consumer or, or lightweight business use cases. What we're looking to get into now is now once we have this kind of basis of our different rails established, is start adding in these features that allow banks to really make money on payments, right? Monetize payments, allowing them to bank on behalf of other banks or other organizations. So a big one there with ACH being kind of our um, oldest, we have the most functionality with ACH, right? It's been an integral part of the core since the core's inception before we even thought about. Processing payments on our own. And our next step there is getting into what we're calling ACH corporate origination, which really it's the concept of letting financial institutions or originate ACH orders on behalf of multiple originators with their own ABAs and sets of instructions. So if we have a, a bank that works with small businesses that process payroll through that, those small businesses need to originate ACH transactions in bulk at certain schedules, and, and they may have different destinations, right? And if we have a bank that banks on behalf that, um, is doing this on behalf of a hundred different organizations. Sometimes when we have money moving from account to account within different organizations, it might be under the same bank overall. Like when you have these mega bank scenarios that are moving thousands of ACH files a day and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. One of the key parts of the functionality that we're looking at doing there is is detecting on us transactions, right? So if we have a transaction that doesn't need to get to the clearinghouse to be sent from point A to point B, if the bank that's working with Finzact has both accounts on its system, there's no need to go pay the clearinghouse to, to process that transaction. We can send it as an H- ACH transaction within the core, send and receive as we normally would without actually going through those rails because we know both destination accounts. And when you're talking about one ACH transaction, that might be a couple cents. When you're talking about banks that are sending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of ACH transactions a year, you can really see how the stat- savings can stack up there with, with just, you know, weeding out. 3% of honest transactions or something like that. So that's something that gets into that kind of corporate banking space that we're really excited about.
0: That's fantastic. We've talked about a number of the things that become possible when you have real-time core, real-time payment networks come together. One that I think is going to be really, really exciting for for Finzac clients will be something that I think has been elusive is this whole notion of like lease cost routing. Um, for for transactions or intelligent routing. There are a couple of different, you know, buzzwords that might get attached to that. But it's a thing and we're making it very, very possible and accessible. We have business rules that can be monitoring events. And when certain events occur, uh, they can then go on to to decision all of the specifics about about a transaction, a payment, whether that's the load, the amount, the payee, uh, the currency, the rails, but all of that stuff is is becoming a very real thing with, with users of the Finzact platform in conjunction with those Rails that are now native to it. So uh, that's just something I'm personally really excited to watch. And I bet you are too. I really have appreciated your time today. I just would also maybe close by saying it's been a lot of fun for me to watch it, it, it payments companies begin to get born inside of an next general platform company like Finzact. The team and the talent that's coming on board So fast and with so much energy and so many great ideas, and doing the stuff you're doing is tremendous. So keep it up.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that, Christopher. And, you know, there's a lot of exciting things to come. So definitely be on the lookout.
0: Right on. Thanks again.
1: Of course.